Hello, I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief of Business in Vancouver. We're pleased at BIV to present this series of podcasts this week on the future of education. The classroom for all ages, for students and instructors, is going to be much different in the pandemic. And our guests this week are going to discuss how it will be so. We thank the British Columbia Institute of Technology, BCIT, for its support of this series. And now to the conversation. This is BIV Today, the daily business video show and podcast from the journalists at BIV. I'm Haley Wooden. Throughout this week, we've been taking a look at the future of education and how that sector has been impacted by COVID-19 ahead of the start of the fall semester. My guest today is Sherry Bell, the president of Camosun College, the largest college in BC. She's also the board chair of BC Colleges. Sherry, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you. We are weeks away from the start of the fall school year. It's really hard to believe the summer flew by. Tell me a little bit about how the college experience is going to be different come September. Uh, Well, if you think back to when um, COVID um, first impacted education, uh, it was March. And at that time, it was like flicking a switch and we had to change overnight to a different model, a model that... um, our faculty, staff, students were not used to. And it was kind of, you know, everyone was on board because we just wanted to get through the the term, the semester, and have students be successful. And then we came into the summer months, which is uh, typically for college, it's, it's slower. There's not as many students. There's not as many courses being offered. And that allowed us the opportunity um, to re- really deeply look at what we're going to be doing in the fall. And um, lots of conversations with uh, faculty, uh, because we're a college, um, there's a lot of hands-on applied learning that happens at colleges. And uh, because of that, we can't do everything online. So if you're um, you know, training to be a carpenter, you can't do it all online, but you can do pieces of it. Um, and so we, we knew we would, in the fall, be looking more like a hybrid model. Some aspects of some courses would be Um, online and some would have to be on campus. Uh, So for us, we created a process as many other colleges did where um, faculty needed to indicate if their um, courses or portions of their courses would require um, to to be on campus. So trades, health programs with um, specialized pieces of equipment, a lot of the technology programs um, had to, a portion that needed to be on campus, as well as other um, as other courses. So we created a process where people applied, and then our health and safety experts took over from there, along with our facilities departments. And it was the same at at many colleges. So if you walk into our buildings now, they're very highly marked. Um, all the services and things that support students, most of that is still online. So if you need counseling, we have virtual counseling. If you need to talk to an advisor, you can do that virtually. So most of the services will remain online um, or remain remote. And then most of the coursework, of course, will also be remote. But there will be a hybrid model because of that the nature of colleges and, and um, what, we, what we need to do to ha- help students be successful. I had someone say to me recently that when it comes to health care, it's fortunate that we had this pandemic in a digital age where remote care and virtual care to some extent is possible. And it sounds like it's the same for education. A lot of some of those pieces anyway were existed or were in place pre-pandemic, which I'm sure helped with that transition. 
Yeah, it 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 did. Um, but you know, uh, um, the college system. We, we do have some blended classes, but most of it was face to face. So it was a huge change uh, for our students and, and faculty to, to get ready to deliver something you've never delivered that way before. But people were up for the challenge uh, across all of the colleges. Has it affected enrollment numbers or how many students you're able to take in? Or is it possible to sort of work within a semester's timeline and make sure that you can physically distance and still keep the same number of students who are physically going into a campus? Um, because there are only, you know, portions of courses that are being taught on campus, we're able to spread out um, you know, the, as far as the numbers go, um, we, right now, uh, uh, at Camosun at least, um, our domestic numbers, so we, we typically get about 85% of our students come from the lower island. And um, the, the domestic numbers are looking very strong, uh, and at least comparable, if not a little bit more than last year. Um, our international numbers are down ever so slightly. Understandable. Uh, there's some discussion going on that there might be young people who can't quite get a job right now or people who have lost their jobs and are potentially going back to school or deciding to upgrade their skills as a result. Are you able to see in the preliminary enrollment numbers that kind of a trend? Uh, we are. Um, because the domestic numbers are, are up slightly, um, that tells us that that's what's going on. Um, you know, we won't really have final numbers across the system until the end of September, um, because that's when students commit and pay the tuition, et cetera. But um, right now we're, we're, we're hopeful um, that we're financially won't be in as um, bad a position as we anticipated we would be. Um, we, we, you know, the final numbers aren't in, so we'll we'll have to just wait and see. But um, it's 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 looking pretty good right now. There, you know, there are other um, areas of the college that um, we would typically be um, generating funds to support all programs that we're not at all <laughs> right now. So right. The, definitely, you know, our our budget um, we we have to be very careful with um, with our our budget because of a number of areas that um, you know won't be supported uh, won't be supporting the rest of the college. So, for example, food services we don't have any food services. Uh, there's no students here, uh, and we won't be because we're not wanting to draw students onto campus. Um, there'll be limited food services at both campuses. We have two campuses within Victoria. Um, parking, we generate funds from parking and there's no one parking. It's pretty empty besides a few um, staff that are here uh, that are essential to, to be here. Will this require at some point a rethink of revenue sources? Do you think that some of the trends you're seeing now or that the impacts directly from the pandemic will persist post pandemic? Or do you kind of expect that once we have a vaccine or once things clear up that you'll be able to rely again on some of those revenue sources that you have relied on in the past? Yeah, I think we will go back to, um, you know, I can see some changes that, um, from everything that you do in life, um, a, a pandemic as an example, you do learn. And um, we're a learning institution, so uh, we're already starting to look at, okay, what are the things that we've learned that um, we may be able to continue with? So um, 
certainly blended courses. Uh, we did have some before. I can see us having a, a few more. Um, being a dual campus um, college, uh, we've traveled back and forth a lot. And the campuses are about 20 minutes apart. And so I can see doing that a little bit less and relying on things like Zoom or Teams or, or other forms of technology a little bit more. Uh, may, may not be doing that initially because I know that people are really missing the actual face-to-face. -face. So, But what we are learning as we go, um, it's the students that I really feel for because um, this has been really hard for them. Um, the great majority of them miss the interaction with their instructors. We have very small classes in colleges and they get to know instructors really well. Um, and that relationship is really important to them, um, along with the relationship with their peers and, and just the vibe of being on a campus. Um, some students are, are doing really well online um, and pr prefer it, but the great majority are looking forward to being back on campus. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about the value of applied hands-on education and where you see that in the years ahead, especially as we see some interesting applications of technology develop around VR and AR and completely ah. digital learning. Yeah, um, well, you, you know, there's some great examples, I'm, I'm sure across the province, um, if not the country, but just um, like uh, one example that I can just think of, we have um, a really creative instructor um, in our automotive program, uh, and they've got a, a um, a platform that they're using to virtually take apart an engine and put it back together again. And he was saying, um, because he can see how many hours students log um, into the program, uh, one student put in 40 hours in a week because he was enjoying it so much, um, virtually taking it apart and putting it back together and really learning from that. So some of those technologies are, are pretty interesting. Um, and the you know um, virtual reality, augmented reality, um, ha have become more um, popular during this time for, for some instructors. And I think that will stay because it, it is um, new technology that can enhance learning. Um, as far as the applied piece, the hands-on piece, um, that's the nature of colleges. That's what we do. We have a very strong connection to um, industry and community um, in, in, in what we do. So there's a lot of co-op placements and um, a lot of work integrated learning, as well as, um, you know, I'll give you another example from Camosun, but we have some, a, a department called Camosun Innovates. And uh, we work with over 100 businesses um, where we, we're their kind of research and development. Um, so we have students working on projects to solve problems within industry in advanced manufacturing. And the lovely thing about colleges is we use it as a teaching opportunity, so we don't have intellectual property rights like a university would have. So basically, we'll, we'll help um, a business solve a, a, a manufacturing issue. We'll create a prototype with our students and staff, and then the business has it mass-produced or, or something like that. Um, so it's, it's those kind of applied um, learning situations that... Uh, our students aren't having right now for the most part. Um, when we go to the fall with our hybrid model, um, we'll, we'll uh, you know, hopefully be able to do some more of that. What would you say are some of the big challenges or big questions that remain as we are just weeks away from September and the start of the fall semester? Um, 
challenges. You know, I, I described some of the financial challenges, and that's a worry for um, me as president and, and, and also our, our board. And so financially, you know, where are we going to end up? Because we're doing a lot of work right now putting up, you know, plexiglass and in, in making sure that for the students that are going to be on campus, that um, they're protected, that there's a safe environment. And a lot of work has, has gone into that. And um, I guess that's a worry because we've been, uh, within, within trades, we've been working like that all summer. But in the fall, we're going to have more. Now, we don't have, a, we have two large campuses. So I'm not worried about the number of students on campus at a time. It's just the rolling it out um, as we move forward. Um, and, and just the, the worry of the pandemic is changing, you know, the numbers are going up. And so um, we may be back to flicking that switch again and saying, okay, there's no one on campus. Um, we don't know. It's the, it's the unknown constantly. Um, and we have to be ready for the unknown. Um, so it's hard to plan for something you don't know where it's going, but we've had a pretty good idea as a system having gone through it in, in March that that is a possibility again. Um, hopefully it won't happen, uh, but you know, you have to be ready for it to happen. Absolutely. Well said. And I imagine there's also a bit of uh, cooperation or maybe a lot of cooperation collaboration amongst the college community too. Oh, yeah. Capacity is board Absolutely. Chair. Yes. Yeah. We um, college presidents, um, we talk all the time. Uh, and there's great collaboration. We share documents, we share information. So yeah, it's a, it's a system that is, um, is very connected with one another. Sherry, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on with your insight. Yeah, I really appreciate being here. Thank you so much. That's Sherry Bell. She's the president of Pomosin College, which happens to be the largest college in British Columbia. She's also the board chair of BC Colleges. And this has been BIB Today. I'm Haley Wooden. Thanks for watching or listening. We'll be back with a new video tomorrow.